0: all right so are you ready i'm ready okay
1: i haven't had wine this time so who knows
0: <laughs> it could be better better it could be
1: worse uh, that's
0: okay <laughs> i decided because we already had this conversation and the file both files were corrupted my backup was as well um and you've already been on the show before you've already been a guest so i've already asked you all these serious top questions i end with I'm going to try to do this live, as in all at once. So I'm going to cue the theme music. Okay, I like it. And my dog running around. <laughs> I don't know if people can hear that. There's squirrels out there. Can you hear this? Barely. Do you hear the music?
1: I do, hear the do you music. know what
0: that means i know what it means it's it time means guessed. it's <laughs> time for california's what yeah. that's right we're back look at this this is my editing i have no idea if this is gonna work like i think oh. it's gonna work okay
1: all right so what's that <laughs> I hear your dog is participating.
0: Yeah, she, you know, I asked her to be a guest and she <laughs> refused. So there's only so much we can do with that. Um, <laughs> I'm back. This is my first episode back from my summer vacation, uh, which was super productive, arguably too productive, frankly, and not that much of a vacation. Um, you as my, I hope and think my most avid listener, did you miss me?
1: Well, I missed your podcast, but I saw plenty of you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. All right. So we're going to get in today's topic is Rosemond, California and the high desert of the Antelope Valley, which is where you spent your formative years, your teenage years and young adulthood. So Mm -hmm. I think you're the expert on (laughs) at least, uh, uh, Classic nineteen seventies Roseman, California. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that's a an accurate statement.
0: Okay, all right. So to commemorate this artful transition, are you ready for this? I am. I've got. Oh, maybe you didn't hear that well enough. I've got a whole setup here. This is very high tech. Wait for it. Woo! You know what that means? Is that the wind blowing? Um, I, it was. It's called Far Planet Beaming Number One.
1: Oh,
0: it was well, a if whoosh. It was the
1: wind blowing. It yeah. Be sweet. So
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed, let's go with that. The wind blowing, and as someone who grew up uh, in Rosemond, you know a thing or two about the wind. I do,
1: <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Uh,
0: so oh, where to begin? Since we already had this conversation once, um, that no one will ever hear. Probably. Mm. I know, I know. But here's the thing: we were drinking the first time, and that may have made it better. We're not. I'm not drinking. Are you drinking right now?
1: No, I. am not. But you want um, a glass? I have an appointment later, so I can't.
0: Oh my gosh! But, All right. Um, <laughs> We're gonna I think do it. it
1: probably would have been better with a glass. Yeah, but I will right. tell you that the wind, back to the wind, Yeah. when we first moved out there, uh, oh, that was something I really hated because it was constant and incessant. Uh, there are very few windless days in the desert mm-hmm. and you really have to adapt to that. It's, it's really kind of irritating until you get used to it. And now I, having not lived there for so long, find it irritating again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but was there a time where you were acclimated to it where you didn't notice the wind after a while?
1: Well, no, I mean, it's always, it was always kind of a nuisance, especially because I had very long hair. And so in the wind, your hair ends up in your face and in your mouth and in your food or whatever. So you're always kind of battling your hair so you can see where you're walking and things. And if you have any kind of outdoor event planned, you really have to plan that it's going to be windy. So, your if you have paper plates or cups or things like that, they'll probably blow away. So, you really have to make it a part of your plan as to how windy it will be on any given day.
0: That's why the Flintstones made everything out of rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'll give the. But front. you know, all the
1: desert plants and stuff are well adapted to it. Uh, right. They they don't have broad leaves, and um, well, it does kind of shower the desert clean in a way, <laughs> um, but I imagine it's irritating.
0: The seventies were probably an especially problematic time because I think everyone had long hair.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <So> to, catch <laughs> do people, like
0: to catch people up on the context here, we already have discussed at length in previous episodes, uh, the family history in California and LA, and you're growing up as a child in Glendale which brings us to what, 1969, where you, you stopped being a city mouse and you became a desert mouse.
1: This is true. <laughs> and it was quite a transition. Um, first off, it, we moved there in December, I think. So it was cold. The high desert is very cold in the winter and very windy. And um, coming from the Glendale area, where there's not really much of a winter, um, It was something that I had to get used to. And My mom, being a properly raised young lady in the city, always made us an end of the era. um, It was common that girls had to wear dresses to school. They were kind of dress codes all the way through school. And so when we first moved out there, I had to wear dresses to school in the windy, freezing cold desert. And after about six months of living there, and my sister and I complaining about how cold it was and how uncomfortable it was when the dust devils would come and smash fox tails and rocks into your legs, you know uh, while you're out there on the playground playing volleyball or dodgeball rather um, she finally acquiesced and let us wear pants to school, which was very nice
0: <laughs> so for people that may not know uh, we're talking about the high desert we're talking about rosemond, but those words may not mean much to a lot of people so will you explain Mm -hmm. what what those are where those are
1: sure the high desert uh in terms of california um is well where i grew up was about an hour and a half north of los angeles between the uh sierra nevada mountains and um santa clarita i'd say um It's the altitude where I grew up there is about 3000 feet, because every time the news would say that the snow level was 3000 feet, you knew we would get snow and we did get snow. We got um, every other year we had it would snow a couple of times. Um, It is um, kind of a land of four seasons they don't have the, the beautiful foliage like they do in other places, but it's cold in the winter and it can snow. It's extremely hot in the summertime. Um, not as hot as the Palm Springs area, the lower desert, but it, it gets very hot. And, um, but spring and fall, spring was very windy, but there were beautiful wildflowers every year with poppies and all kinds of native um, desert flowers, which is just, if you've never seen that, and they experienced that. It's it's a magical, brief though it is, a very magical time in the desert.
0: Well, um, a lot of people know the poppy fields of the Antelope Valley because they're, mm-hmm. you know, the poppy fields in California, really.
1: Right. And that's um, the high desert. That's,
0: right. And that's, yeah. that's not far at all. That's 15 minutes drive from Rosemond. Rosemond's just a little north of there. But as much as people are familiar with the poppies, I don't know that they realize if you go, because where the poppies are, that end of the, Antelope Valley is where it's slowly becoming kind of to ranch and more mountainous Mm -hmm. uh, heading towards the coast. So it's more rolling fields and less Joshua trees and and the sort of desert Mm -hmm. rocks and scrubs. But Mm -hmm. when you're in like Rosemond is very much like iconic sorts of like rocks. The rocks don't look like the rocks in Joshua Tree. It's a very different rock, but like beautiful rocks and rugged kind of mountains with all of the the greasewoods and the Joshua uh, Joshua trees trees, uh, everywhere. And the flowers you get up there, it's not necessarily poppies in the same way as the poppy fields, but you get dozens of different flowers and different Mm -hmm. colors. And it's absolutely stunning if you hit it, you know, for that one or two weeks a year in the springtime where it's happening.
1: Very true. And my mom, the first year we were there, she was so taken by the The beautiful flowers because she would go out I grew up out in the in the country in the desert and we had horses and um, she would go out riding every day and she just saw these beautiful flowers all the time and so she documented she took her little camera with her and she would take pictures of all the beautiful flowers that she saw and then um, get them developed because in those days you had to send them to get developed and wait a week or two to get your pictures back and then she made a, a a book, a flower, an, a photo album of the desert flowers, and she took the time to do the research to look up what they were. And I still have that book. So she kind of documented all the flowers that were there during the spring that she would see. Another time that's really pretty is um, is right now in October. The rabbit brush blooms in the desert, and those those are those yellow roadside bushes you see that have flowers this time of the year, and they're really profuse everywhere you go in the high desert this time of the year, which is very photogenic and very, very beautiful. If you're uh, driving through the high desert. Um,
0: yeah. So what, speaking of your, your mom, um, if you want to say a little bit about how you ended up there, because Rosemond is a tiny town. It's not, mm-hmm. not on a lot of people's radar and you quite literally just drive through it. Maybe if you're driving from LA to Mammoth or, you know, right. That's or if you're
1: heading out to Edwards Air Force Base, um, that's going right. uh, you go through Rosemond to, to get there. Yeah,
0: yeah but I, I don't know how many people are, you know, driving from La Jolla to Edwards Air Force Base. So, <laughs> right. yeah. so why so <laughs> How did Rosemond happen for you? Well,
1: um, my mother belonged to an equestrian trail riding group. And as a group, they rode and we went, you know, as children, we went with my mom and we went, we rode all over Southern California down to Cuyamaca, near um, San Diego. She had a friend who had a beautiful, huge ranch in the Santa Ana area at the time. I'm sure it's full of houses now. Um, up to Bandito, out to big, up to Big Bear. Um, Wait, can, and I so when,
0: just, can I stop you? Just, did I introduce you? Did I tell people who you are? I don't think you did. Oh, my goodness. We're, I don't know, 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes into this. Just so everyone knows we're talking to my mother. So when she says her mother, we're talking about my maternal grandmother. That's right, folks. It's Mary Gustafson. (laughs) Yep, right here live and in the (laughs) digital space
1: in the zoom world
0: in the zoom world. (laughs) So this is my family history. I mean, it's going to be on the Mm -hmm. written stuff. But if you're just living some life where you don't read, but you listen to my podcast, you're gonna be (laughs) real confused right now. We're talking Mm to my mom. All right. Back to trail riding all through California with my maternal grandmother. Right,
1: yeah. So anyhow, one of the trail rides was out in the high desert there in Roseman, out um, but out of town in the in the hills around Roseman, and um, so we went on a trail ride out there, and it was cold. It was windy, and you were like, um, "This is the place." My mom. Yeah, my mom uh, befriended some of the locals who had invited the group out for the trail ride. Beautiful area, a little, little, uh, beautiful little area called the Lands of Promise, which is just uh, kind of over the hill from the Willow Springs Raceway. It's kind of got situated in a little valley with hills all around. And and that's where the trail riding was. And um, my mom decided uh based on her experience there, that she thought it would be a good idea to move out of Glendale and move out to the desert. Now she did that primarily for my benefit. I had asthma really badly as a child and and the smog in Los Angeles, that area at the time was horrendous.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, and it wasn't good for me. I wasn't doing very well as health wise. And so, and, I think she liked the wide open spaces. I mean, you just got on your horse and rode right out your front door practically. And you're out there by yourself in this beautiful desert landscape with the hills. And she she made trails all up in, in the mountains around the area. And there's caves and hidden water springs. It's really magical, actually. Anyhow, so she decided uh, it was affordable for her to do so. So she bought an acre and a quarter and and uh moved her got a bought a mobile home yes i grew up in a mobile home at that point <laughs>
0: <laughs> which if you listen to the previous episodes which involved a lot of, of models millionaires and hollywood glamour you would be uh-huh. surprised to know that uh, chapter two was in right. a slide
1: yes it was but i tell you what it was my mother and my sister and i and it was clean it was comfortable it was cozy um And it was a full of love and what a wonderful way to grow up because we were just out there riding horses and hiking around. And I mean, riding bikes off all dirt roads, there are no paved roads out where we grew up and um, we just had a blast. It was a great way to grow up clean, fresh air. You could stand in our yard and look across and see the mountains of where big bear is. And actually, well, over where, where, where Wrightwood was, is, you could actually see individual pine trees on the ridges. Wow. The air was that clear then, wow. which I know is hard to imagine now. Some days I think maybe you still can, but. Yeah. And uh, I, I flourished there. Within months, uh, my health improved significantly, and uh, I was, uh, I was fine. And um, we would go back and visit my grandmother often and trailer the horses down there so we could ride around in griffith park and stuff but for the most part we um we rode all around the desert as kids my sister and i had a little pinto horse that my mom bought in an auction for 50 bucks and uh the horse was the coat was all raggedy and he had a rusty nail in his foot and my mom looked at that horse and thought that'll be a good horse
0: yeah so (laughs) i I was doing i love this story how did she get that horse to turn around what what well
1: he was he was a horse who had been abused not well taken care of and he was being auctioned off I don't know if they were going to auction him off as horse meat or what but my mom saw something in that horse and so she bought him for 50 bucks trailered him home had the vet you know wormed him pulled the nail out of his foot fed him properly and that little horse turned into the Best kids horse you could imagine. And he fattened up and he got so shiny and he was a Pinto. He was a brown and white Pinto. And he was so beautiful, actually, that people would borrow him to ride in parades. Uh, But before he got to that stage, after he started feeling a little better, when she started feeding, you know, brought him home, give him a good home, uh, good food. And he started feeling a little better. He got a little bit of an attitude not uh, not too long after she brought him home. And she was in the corral, cleaning his corral, and he came at her with his ears back and his teeth bared, and he was going to attack her. And she turned around and smacked him in the face with a rake. (laughs) But I tell you what, that horse stopped and never did a bad thing again. My mom always said, she said, I think he realized that he, he had it good and he better behave (laughs) yeah he He, we gave my mom we gave him a great life and two little girls who loved him dearly and we just galloped all around the desert playing cowboys and indians and um jumping over joshua trees and riding bareback and and, uh and riding them in parades and
0: back in the 70s you could play cowboys and indians it was still politically correct back then well yeah. <laughs> well I, I, and I mean it's just a fun it's a fun excuse to gallop down the around, desert on your person. Um, indigenous peoples. Um right. yeah. there is
1: no no malintent there by any means. But um yeah, we just oh, had a blast. I was gonna um, say Overs.
0: in terms of um the horse getting his Goober. His name was Goober. Goober. Goober realizing he had it good. Um I don't even know if he realized that he was in close proximity to lions and tigers. I mean, the, well, he wasn't initially. the threat of him being horse meat is <laughs> oddly enough, um, a lot more potent and um closer closer than you would think.
1: Yeah. Well, initially he wasn't. That that didn't come till later on. That wasn't there when we first moved up oh, really? there. Later. So we're oh, talking no
0: about the exotic free feline breeding compound, which is in Rosemond.
1: Right, yeah, for the first 10 years I lived there as a kid, that was not there. Um, and then it, was, it, it started off in, in a little old desert house just on the other side of the hill over by the gold mine. Oh, the gold mine was a fun thing too. Anyhow, um, and these people decided they were gonna start an exotic feline breeding compound. And they actually had a mountain lion in a big cage on their front porch. <laughs> And once I got to go over and they had a Siberian tiger who had had cubs and they had the cubs in their living room and I got to go play with the cubs. But um, so they slowly built it up to what it is now. And right. And now it's it's almost a world class um, uh, feline breeding compound. They they participate with other zoos and things in trying to preserve the big cats that are endangered. Um, But they and they have enclosures that are much much better than a cage the Cajun porch. And it's actually a pretty nice place to go. But um, we used to ride over the hill that way before that was there. But once they established themselves there, they would accept horses uh, that people were going to, you know, and I know this sounds horrible, but people used to sell off their old horses um to the dog food companies to be dog meat yeah so instead of doing that people would donate them to the exotic feline breeding compound so they had a corral just outside the breeding compound uh where these old horses would just wait to be put down wow humanely and then fed to the tigers
0: wait i've got um, we're doing this live are you ready
1: what <laughs> it's
0: supposed to be yeah that's that's scary Cheyenne stop it <laughs> that's lions that's anyhow lions. so but the thing I'm is trying to is, bring this to oh it's it won't stop hold on okay I'm trying to bring this to life for people
1: okay so um, we had some fun trails that would head up over that ridge and towards the the breeding compound there but after they established themselves and and the horses could catch a scent of the tigers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was not fun to ride over there anymore because the horses would get very jittery and very you know uh, um worked up so we stopped riding over the hill towards the feeling breeding compound after that
0: well so There's plenty of other briefly to but let's talk a little bit about another great feature of Rosemont mm-hmm. that is sort of still there we'll talk about the uh western gold mine ah. Is that okay well, that's the, pretty cool thank you thank you uh so tell us there's like a little stretch of town there where you've got the willow springs raceway which is a, a world-class very popular uh racing track for cars mm-hmm. and then hop skip and a jump to the exotic feline breeding compound and then right next to that we have an actual ghost town a historic mining town that when no. wasn't such a ghost town when you were there
1: no it was not um, so it's called the Tropical Gold Mine. And at the time, they had a lot of old Western buildings right at the foot of the hill, right there um, in front of the gold mine. Um, some of them they had brought in from like the old Palmdale Schoolhouse was one of the buildings they had imported in there. Some of them were original structures to the site. And it was it was a little bit like the Calico Ghost Ghost Town over near Barstow. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to go take little tours. And they held the annual world championship chili cook-off which was a blast they held it in october um they used to before that hold the world championship uh, gold panning competition which i worked at too when i was a kid um it was fun to pan for gold um anyhow did you ever get any oh i don't remember I, if i did i don't think i have it still yeah (laughs) so the the chili cook-off was just an excuse for a really fun party and a lot of famous people would come up to that carol shelby it was a big deal to him so he and some of his buddies would come up and and um i went uh one year my friend worked for the roseman chamber of commerce so she got me into this party that they held in lancaster prior to the start of the chili cook-off and and a lot of celebrities were there and and one of the celebrities that was there was Billy Barty, who, if you may, you may or may not know, uh, is an old uh, actor uh, or was it old at that time, but he's also a, a midget. I don't know if that's politically correct, but he was a midget,
0: um, a
1: very what, little person. What
0: people, was he in Willow? Was he one of the- He was other- in Willow,
1: yeah. He was in a lot yeah. of other stuff prior he's to that. So he was famous yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, to my horror, only because this was very awkward, I was, I think I was like 16 or 17, maybe, I don't know. He asked me to dance in front of all of these other people of varying uh, backgrounds. He asked me to dance and and I did. And, but he was only about three feet tall, maybe. Mm -hmm. And so in the course of dancing with him, which was kind of fun because he was very sweet, but he tried to spin me. And I'm, I'm five foot seven.
0: So that was
1: a little awkward. Yeah, but it was fun. And And then I think uh, Robert Mitchum's son asked me out and I said, no, because I thought, no, I heard some stuff. (laughs) Anyhow. um, So Uh there were a lot of famous people there. And uh, when, then, you know, the next day the chili cook-off would start and 30,000 people would show up to this. It was a pretty big thing. That's a little small area. And my high school buddies and we would camp out and, um party and drink and sleep in the desert and have fun.
0: But how was the chili? Excellent. Okay. Yeah, and
1: you know, it's all different kinds, so it's, it was pretty good.
0: So. Did they have vegan options?
1: I doubt it at that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: um, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. So <laughs> those are some, some of the more fun um, kind of noteworthy attractions of Rosemond's mm-hmm. Yeah. what was the town itself like back then and uh, maybe if you want to kind of mention to your knowledge what it's like today by comparison uh,
1: well back when we first moved out there there were about uh, 2500 people that were considered to live within the town and that includes like you know People such as myself, we lived about six or seven miles out of town. A lot of the people live, you know, out on the alfalfa farms. or So not everybody was right in town. And I remember when we first moved out there, my mom was just like, it was so quiet and so dark that she couldn't sleep for the first two weeks we were out there. Because when you grow up in the city, there's always light. If, you may not realize it because you're so used to it, but it's always light. Mm-hmm. And there's always the background hum of traffic it, or aircraft. Mm-hmm. And so to live out there in the middle of the desert with two little girls and we we were out in the desert. We weren't in the, in a town. And it's absolute dark, absolute quiet. Uh, it it took her a little while to get used to that. Um
0: Did it did it was it um disturbing to you like were you no. aware of it as a kid?
1: No. No, it didn't bother me because I had a, I had a good mom. I felt safe, I felt protected. Yeah. Didn't I didn't didn't bother me at all. Um so she also would say, she uh, took her a little while to get used to, she would say, because there's one main road heading out to our house, it's Rosemond Boulevard, and it's just a two-lane road, and it still is. It looks very much like it did then. Um, and she would get frustrated because a lot of the old farmers and stuff didn't drive very fast, you know, heading out of town or whatever.
0: Yeah, they ain't and no city folk.
1: Them, Yeah. They were, And she, she would get frustrated that they were kind of pokey. And she said, oh, they're just a bunch of old farmers, you know. But she got used to it, and then it was fine. And um, well, we had fun. We used to ride in the back of the pickup truck, of course, because then it was fine. And we'd stop over at Foster's Freeze, which is still there. It's that's the still there. That's the new one. The original one was over off of Sierra Highway. but um, And get those uh, delicious ice cream cones that are dipped in chocolate, you know. Aww vanilla uh, and then get in the back of the truck and drive home well to eat a a chocolate dipped ice cream cone riding in the back of a pickup truck with your hair blowing in the wind is pretty much impossible (laughs) well it's not impossible but it's pretty messy so um but that was fun we used to ride in the back of the truck sometimes we rode in the back of the horse trailer (laughs) not very far
0: the sound of the wind
1: yeah it was windy usually
0: just like right in the back of the pickup truck.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: how many people were in the town of Roseman back then?
1: Uh, I I think I mentioned about twenty five hundred at that okay. time.
0: Okay, but I'm not many- sure how
1: many there are now, but there are much. There's there's a lot more people there now.
0: There are yeah. a lot more people, but I will say, if you're driving, it's the the 14 freeway goes straight through it. And if you're driving, I mean, it's it is a one exit town. I mean, it's it a, is, it is a blip mm-hmm. to most people. It would be a blip. Um, mm-hmm. Drive right through it and not. Notice that, that you just drove right through it. So mm-hmm. what do you think if uh, if people um, had like one day or an afternoon or they're going through there? Mm-hmm. What would you what would you recommend that people do?
1: Yeah, uh, I would um, get off the freeway. I would make a left and head. Oh, west. Oh, wait,
0: I want to do you know what we're going to call this. This is our hot tips. Okay, that was not the right sizzle. That was a very aggressive sizzle. Kind of like that sounds like a lion. Wait one second. Okay, that's this is like fire. Okay, it's a hot tip. It's a very <laughs> hot tip. What <laughs> that was. It's, it's a yeah. very...
1: So here's here's your day trip to Rosemont. Um, get off the freeway at the one exit. Uh, make a left. Head west on Rosemont Boulevard. You head out to about six to sixtieth Street. Make a right. And go up a little ways and you'll find the exotic breeding, exotic feline breeding compound is right up there. I'm sorry. Can you hear that sound, Shay?
0: Yeah, is that dad making a beverage?
1: That's your dad getting some that, ice for that's his beverage.
0: you know. <laughs> um, what I, I, did, I just so badly want, that's a welding sizzle. You know what? People know what, it, people know what a hot tip sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: so, Okay. Okay, so you're you're on Rosen Boulevard. You get uh, make a right on 60th Street, and head up just a little ways, and then they'll have signs for the exotic breed, exotic feline breeding compound, which is pretty cool now to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you come back out of there, you're gonna go heading continue on heading up 60th, and you can see it. The gold mine is right there. Yeah. Um, the old buildings that made it so cool, like a little, little ghost town. Most of them were moved away, moved out when uh, the settles, the people that own it. Um, decided to close it down they were getting older and they didn't want to deal with it anymore however their cousin Cecil Burton an old miner old pioneering family friend of ours um, he continued to they continued to use the assay, assay office mm-hmm. up there to process uh, ore for gold hmm. up until just you know I don't know maybe they're still using it wow. so it was still some some stuff going on there but nothing for the public no more yeah. chili cook-offs but- no more Penny.
0: It is you really can't miss it because it's built up along the like it's, it's built on the hill. up the hill. Yeah, it's right so there. You can it Rises right there, above yeah. the town. Um Yeah.
1: So you just stay on that road and that's Mojave Tropical Road. Mhm. And that is a very scenic and interesting drive. So I, if I were you, I would take that road as it winds through the desert hills and when you get to those hills that's where I grew up. That's where I rode my horse with the wind in my hair and uh, just all by myself, or sometimes you know, on moonlight rides with friends and things, um, and then take it all the way to where it intersects with Bacchus. And then at that point, I would make a left on Bacchus and head west out to 90th Street.
0: Um. Oh my God, do you know what you talk like right now? You know? I
1: know, uh, like? yeah.
0: Like, like Californians from- I uh, know. Like, like what? Yeah.
1: I can't do that. I don't well know if you.
0: anybody will understand. That was not my best. Like California. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh <laughs> Anyhow, so you head out to 90th, make a left and go south on 90th. That'll bring you down to where Oh, my God, that's East... like so far. Oh, it isn't really. You'll get over it. <laughs> Anyhow, um, you get down to Willow Springs. Now, Willow Springs is an interesting area. And it's just kind of over another hill from where I grew up. We used to ride our horses over there. Um, there's a, an old historic town site there. And you can drive through it. Mm-hmm. it's owned it's privately owned by a family and they have orchards now um they used to have a saloon and the saloon is still there mm-hmm. but now the guy that owns it uh mr nelson he um he grows wine grapes and he has he uses the saloon for his as his wine cellar essentially and he was talking about opening it up as a tasting room but i don't think he's done that and Anyhow, when i was a kid that was a real saloon and I remember we'd go over there and my mom went in and we couldn't go in. We could just peek in through that old saloon door, just like in an old Western movie. How and it's a pretty interesting historic site. If you stop and read the plaques and things, you get a little more idea of what, what's over there. Um, and then come back out of that. It's just a little turn off off of 90th there. And then as you get to the corner, now then you're back to Rosemond Boulevard. Right on the right is a
0: wine tasting room. Yeah, one that you, you can enter. You can I, enter. I and it
1: used to be a place called, it was an old, um, like a cafe with a pool table. It was called George and Aggie's. And we would ride our horses over there and get like um, milkshakes and things, you know, when I was a kid. Anyhow, here we are making the full circle back, make a left on Rosamond Boulevard. And then you're right there at the world famous Willow Springs Raceway. So you've seen all of the highlights of Rosamond in that one road trip because there's not much else.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, they did just put a Starbucks in. Uh it's across oh, the street from know. the Taco Bell and the McDonald's and the Albertsons. And that none of
1: that existed in the when I business grew up.
0: district. There is yeah. a cute little airport with a restaurant. Uh, it used to be Mexican food, oh, yeah. so it might be something else.
1: Used to be really good Mexican food. Yeah. But that that's a nice uh that's a nice yeah, if it, I don't know if the restaurant's nice till. And there used to be a Basque restaurant just along that on Boulevard out there that we would ride down and get down Shirley Temples to go. We'd tie our horses up to the foam pole up front and yeah. get Shirley Temples to go and ride off oh. into the sunset. It's
0: been <laughs> a long time since I had a good Shirley Temple. Yeah. All right. So is that it for your hot tips? Yep. That's it.
1: Sizzling. That's a sizzle. Did <laughs> you hear the sizzle? That's, yep.
0: Wait, that's a sizzle light number one. Pan-sizzle heavy number? Okay, it sounds the same. Whatever. All right. Oh, that sounded like an air hose. No, it's a sizzle. Okay. Don't burn yourself on those hot tips. Um, having driven through Rosemond uh, on, you know, Mojave Tropico Road, all the little spots you just mentioned pretty recently lately. I've been They've been doing construction on the 14, so I've been taking the scenic route, and that is the scenic route uh it's just it's just so beautiful and it's that road mojave tropico um you you go i mean there's beautiful straightaways through desert valleys and then it also it's not like a windy it's not that long of a road but you do kind of wind through the rocky hilly part of the desert where there's beautiful rock formations and they're so beautiful some of those formations that did they not film a lot of movies out there
1: oh a lot as a matter of fact many movies they used to film all kinds of bonanza the rat patrol all that kind of stuff but a movie you might be familiar with is um the one with Clevon little and gene Wall.
0: saddles called
1: blazing saddles and they filmed that out there and um i, I think, think the that openings... for
0: a sound effect called mysterious yes. wild west okay that's that's a little too mysterious no one Maybe got some galloping
1: horse desert. foot horse you know, galloping horse. Yeah. Anyhow,
0: um,
1: so yeah, they filmed parts of that out there. And um, in the little valley right in front of the hills there, when you see the scene in Blazing Saddles where it's it's like the town, but you see all the, the beautiful yellow wildflowers covering the desert floor, that was just like down the road, just like down the block from where I grew up. So my sister and I saw them filming and we thought maybe they'll put us in the movie. So we got on our horses and galloped over to where they were filming, thinking for sure they're going to put us in the movie. We've got this beautiful Pinto horse. We, can, we know how to ride. <laughs> they could put us in the movie. I don't know why I thought that, I, but it was a ridiculous thought. And that's all I really remember is kind of galloping up to the movie set. But my sister, some I guess we got off the horses. I don't remember that. But she apparently got Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little's autogra- auto- autographs. So I did not even know that till recently. It's like, really? I don't remember that part.
0: Wow, you had so much fun. You don't, that means you had a really good time.
1: Well, no, it's just, I I don't know. It means I'm old and I can't remember things. (laughs) I just didn't remember that part. But yeah, we had
0: a lot of fun. It was a
1: great place to grow up. It was clean air, outside all the time, just free to roam the desert and ride your horses. Back then, people didn't pay attention so much to, to where your kids were all the time. I remember when I was in third grade, uh, for briefly lived over near Hanson Dam and we'd be off my little buddies and I'd be off riding horses all day in third grade with no adults wow nobody around
0: well back then you there know. was no crime crime didn't really show up till the oh, end. yeah
1: there was you just didn't know so much about it and <laughs> and people weren't so afraid I mean you let your kids do stuff we rode bikes we without helmets you they, know they, we did stuff
0: they still Rowing let you the back a
1: yeah, but you have, to, and, and I'm not saying these safety things that have come about since then are not good because they are, they came about for a reason because a lot of people died doing the stupid stuff we did, but it was a very free time and a very, uh, um, fun time. We had a blast. So it was a good time to grow up.
0: You were in Rosemond when you went to high school in the seventies. I was, uh, <laughs> um, you've seen the movie dazed and confused. Yeah. Was it like that?
1: yeah (laughs) i love led Zeppelin.
0: Uh uh-huh uh-huh
1: yeah Um, it was pretty darn good stuff
0: yeah classic (laughs) rock out out there in the Mm -hmm. desert um i remember
1: one night on the on a summer night and you could see lightning flashing off out towards barstow across the desert uh and we were sitting out there in the back of the truck with a bunch of people around we had a bonfire and listen i think it was the doobie brothers and blackwater uh-huh. And I just remember that moment for some reason it was it was just so magical and the, it was just warm and and it was just it was just cool. We just had a blast,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. swam in the old um alfalfa reservoirs the alfalfa fields they would have reservoirs there then. yeah were kind of swimming holes so yeah so
0: something that we touched on in the previous incarnation of this episode um is that when people think of, oh, it's a small desert town, like it's by, you know, it's up in the Antelope Valley and it's, you know, there's an assumption, I think a lot of the time that unless maybe you're talking about Santa Fe or Sedona, that there's a a very specific type of denizen of the desert. But something mm-hmm. about Rosemond is that it really had a very culturally and ethnically diverse sort of community for a community so small in that context i mean absolutely well Um, i think people don't expect but life life is much more interesting than we expect and
1: i i love that because it made it was just such a good way to grow up Um, it was a very small town so there was never enough of anybody to gang up on anybody else so the actual some of the 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 founders of the community mr graves a well-respected wonderful man. He was a black man and he and his family and his children, uh, were, were held in very high esteem in our community by everyone. And, um, there were, there were, we had black families. We had wonderful and, and friends with everybody, uh, Hispanic well, can- families. I learned to speak Spanish because half my friends, Came from Hispanic families, and I wanted to know what some of them were talking about. So now I speak Spanish. Yeah. Eso es la yo Oh, si
0: uh-huh. And no Okay. Anyhow,
1: so I love that mom, cultural richness because yeah. it wasn't just some little farm, some white farming community that, that, that had. I mean. I don't remember any kind of racial tensions. I don't remember any of that. It was, it was really, it was so right. small and kind of cohesive. It was like a big family. And it was, it was really a lovely way to grow up.
0: And that's beautiful. I, I think, you know, hearing about gold mining and all that and farmers, people have a vision of like a 62 year old white dude that looks like the grandpa from the Waltons in like those red pajamas with the flap. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like, that's what <laughs> that's you think overalls, not I- well, you know what I mean. Well, there
1: were some of those too, but I mean, everybody got lot. Long- I don't remember any kind of, and maybe I was just naive, but I I'm, I had friends of from all all races, all walks of life. Yeah, and and it was a wonderful way to grow up.
0: And even um, your mom's best friend was an immigrant from Germany, Germany. who yeah. had a home full of of Scandinavian mid century furniture in the middle of this tiny town.
1: She did. Now, I didn't appreciate her furniture at the time; it's not my style. But looking back, I realized she actually had excellent taste. Yeah. yeah, she was. She was from Germany. She was older than my mom a bit, and she had grown up during World War II. She was part of the Hitler Youth. And um, my
0: choice, but by no, which you have they, been, like,
1: people seem to think oh, well, Hitler Youth were bad, and yes, they were bad. But a lot of them, it's not like they asked you. It was kind of like you were going to do this.
0: Well, especially when you're a child, you really don't have any agency. She was a child. Yeah.
1: But she remembers going through the war and she had some terrible stories uh, about what happened after the war. And um, she ended up marrying an American GI and moving with him back to the desert. And they had four kids and uh, she was a great, good friend to our family. She was like a second mom to me and uh, Ellen. Yeah. Um, She was wonderful. And, I lived with her my senior year because my mom got a job somewhere down in Chatsworth or somewhere, and I didn't want to leave. So um, we still had our house, but I couldn't live there alone. So I, I just lived with Ellen. She just lived just like a stone's throw away, and that was really fun hanging out with her. And and um, she tried to teach me some German. I, was I didn't gonna learn.
0: Say, did you learn any German?
1: I did, but it, I, I know I won't say it right. I um, know little words, but Schweinischlochen, uh, machen.
0: And what do you think that means?
1: Oh, I know what it means. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. <laughs>
0: well, I don't know. Um, it was to do with some kind of
1: German nursery rhyme. It was kill the pig and make sausage. <laughs> yeah. That's das ist useful. The word. <laughs> That's useful. Um, yeah. But it was really fun hanging out with Ellen. And uh, she drove a little Volkswagen Bug because Volkswagens were the yeah. best cars, of course, German made. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a culturally it was very interesting. And um, you know, it was, it was great. I loved it. And uh, met her relatives. They would come over from Germany. They own uh, there. she was from Wiesbaden and they had wineries there and her, her Tannik Crystal. And so it was a little, um, a, touch, a little uh, touch of Europe in, in our, in our neighborhood. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> the, just in terms of the topography and the environment, I don't know that you could get less German than Rosemond.
1: Right, but you know how how we love castles and European stuff. Shy, mm-hmm. Ellen loved the cowboy, the West stuff, just like that. Yeah. So she was she was a horsewoman. She was. It, I have pictures of her just decked out in her cow cowboy stuff because she was all over it. So she loved that stuff. So
0: oh, you know, we got to throw in our catchphrase for my my pal Anne McLaughlin. What are we?
1: We are horse people.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeehaw!
1: Family motto. <laughs> Um, that, that
0: it,
1: yeah so true i don't have a horse now my horse got struck by lightning but i ride anywhere anytime i can and it, so do you
0: that's like it's a whole other that's, that's a, whole a whole other, other story horse. um yeah. but no we still we still ride horses we're still horse people
1: we are horse people <laughs> we'll always be there when you, you have children you will be a horse person yes i will buy the horse
0: (laughs) hopefully i can afford both the children and the horse so we'll see but uh so do you i mean do you have i should have prepped you on this but um i mean we've already had this conversation once so we'll see do Mm -hmm. you have any fun stories specific stories of um adventures in rosemond in the 70s that you uh, are allowed to share that you would like to share
1: (laughs) so in the hills nearby house there are caves Fun to explore those caves. Mm -hmm. Um, we always were out in the desert. Uh, when I was riding your horse,
0: falling asleep on your horse,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, one on a moonlight, we would uh, on moonlight nights in the summertime, perfect weather, perfect temperature, bright moon out in the desert, we would go on rides. And um, one time we were out riding and and I got kind of sleepy and and my mom said, well, you can head on back. And I mean, we're out in the middle of the way out there, but it's where I grew up. And I was, I knew where I was and the horse knew where we were. So I, I turned around and headed home on my horse and I got sleepy. So I kind of laid my head back on the horse's butt, which is, you know, your head kind of bobs a little bit, but that little horse goober, he just took me straight on home.
0: Well, <laughs> I fell asleep. the, same, the, uh, the photogenic Pinto of the previous yeah. meal
1: right he was a good old guy good good little horse yeah um yeah so and and like i said we had trails all up in those mountains and there's it's really uh it was like growing up in bonanza kind of like in a western movie when you're up there riding on those trails there's you don't see anything; there's nothing there and you really feel like you're out in the old west and you can just gallop for miles and on the sandy roads and stuff and um uh just a lot of fun partying out in the desert (laughs) that was that well i have to say growing up there that that was all there was to do when you're in high school was just go party
0: yeah
1: uh, out in the desert or at somebody's house but out in the desert when the weather was good we were always out there it was nice and um
0: so people think of the desert and usually they have you know they think maybe of a joshua joshua tree a saguaro cactus and some rocks maybe Mm. you know like people's idea there is so much variety to the desert and the the look to go from palm springs to 29 palms to Ridgecrest. i mean some of these you might look at them and be like no that actually all looks kind of the same but no there's so many differences in the rocks in the plant life all of that um and people, you know, they think of Joshua trees, they think of Joshua Tree National Park, which is great. They're beautiful. There's a lot of them out there. It's a very unique landscape. But there are also, I mean, Joshua tree forests in Rosemond. And oh, yeah. what do you think makes, because Rosemond sits at the, basically, it's the, you know, it's at the foothills of the Tehachapis, which right. is the foothills effectively of the Sierra Nevadas. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's in a very interesting little intersection topographically, because to the mm-hmm. east is sort of where this the basin of desert empties out into all of the Mojave that reaches you know, across multiple states. Right, and
1: the, in the dry lake and all that out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if yeah. you're
0: standing in Rosemond and you turn to the west, the other way, it's some desert, but very quickly becomes the rolling grasses and foothills that lead to to the oak trees and the pine trees of Ojai that then become mm-hmm. Santa Barbara and the ocean. And so yeah. it's a very interesting little spot of desert and a very <laughs> delicate one. Yes. What, what do you think, how do you think Rosemond fits into people's ideas of the desert? And is there anything that you want to say about that?
1: Yeah, um, so Roseman, it, it has a lot of variety of, of plants. You just have to be um, mindful enough and, and observant enough to notice. The desert has its own beauty. It's it's and it is full of wonderful things. But to a lot of people, they just drive through and they think it's ugly, which I will say, when we very first moved up there, I thought it was ugly. But having lived there and seen it through the seasons and, and actually been out in it, there are desert tortoises. There are little owls that burrow in the ground called elf owls. And they'll we would ride past them, and they would pop up their little heads and look at us. Um There's greasewood, there's cholla, not a lot of cholla. There's not a lot of, in that desert right there, there's not a lot of spiny uh, cactus, which is nice. It makes it very nice as far as if you're, it's actually walked around out there barefoot one spring, but um, a few cholla, mostly a lot of Joshua trees, but uh, a rare beaver tail cactus. I think one or two that I remember seeing.
0: It's a a very sort of soft desert. It's not a hot
1: desert. desert. Yeah. yeah Yeah, absolutely it's very nice but i would say that its beauty is in the delicacy of it and it is so delicate that if you ride a dirt bike uh through the desert which somebody rode right over the the burrows of the elf owls on a dirt bike and ever since then i just hate dirt bikes um anyhow the damage you do with this one pass on a dirt bike will last for years Mm -hmm. it will last for 10 or 20 years i've I will see your I will see your dirt bike tracks in the desert if you've ridden through there
0: for yeah. many well, years or your, your lifted up truck or your oh, you know, the damage you do illegal bonfire or whatever it is. And it, people it
1: is. seem to think that uh, that it, because they think it's an ugly place that it's OK to dump their garbage. Mm-hmm. And so they'll go out and use it as a dump. And that's what makes the desert ugly. Without that, the desert in its pristine condition is is beautiful absolutely beautiful and if you can't see that beauty well then just don't go and don't bring your trash and don't drive all over it because you're ruining it for those of us who do appreciate the beauty of the desert
0: right right so uh we're actually we're we're wrapping up here our live Mm -hmm. our live coverage of this episode of california's what so Mm -hmm. you have already been on the show before so i've already asked you all of my questions i ask everyone
1: So Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going to ask you, this might be my last question, uh, I'll rack my brain while you answer, but Mm -hmm. I want to know what it was like to grow up in California, because I think this is something a lot of people idolize, even to this day. What was it like growing up, uh, and you were a teenager in the prime of it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in California in the 1970s?
1: It was great. (laughs) It was. So it was just cool. Uh, You could go down to the beach and hang out there. Um, The music coming out of Laurel Canyon, you know, Jackson Brown and the Eagles and Linda Ronstadt, that was the music and Led Zeppelin and Foreigner. I mean, it was just fabulous. We I looking back, I enjoyed it then. But looking back, I, I realized just how how special it was um it was just a cool time to it was just a cool time to be a teenager
0: (laughs) yeah in yeah and in california i mean i think it's probably fun a lot of places to be a teenager but you're i mean when you're listening to the eagles like you're you're living tequila sunrise oh yeah
1: i remember driving uh off we were heading up to lake isabella with a bunch of my friends in high school and in my somebody's jeep or whatever and And it was a hot summer night, but it wasn't hot because it was nighttime because it cools off nicely, but it was a summer night. So it was nice and warm. And we had like Hotel California, just cranking on the radio as we're driving through the desert to, to go camping. And I'm just those memories that are so particular to California because they described it. It was part of it. And it it just felt like you were living it because we were, (laughs) And and when I was 18, I drove to Texas for the summer. And we drove through um, what's one Jackson sings about taking Winslow. it easy Winslow, mm-hmm. we stopped in Winslow, Arizona. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. My favorite teacher, Mr. Richardson grew up in Winslow. So when we would go, I would be I was a statistician for the uh, sports teams at school. And uh, my girlfriend and I were the only girls on the bus full of football players or basketball players or whatever. And Mr. Richardson was coach of everything. And he was great. He was my teacher. He was a coach. It was all kinds of stuff. He grew up in Winslow and we would be listening because we had cool bus drivers. They would crank up the radio. and We'd be listening to like taking it easy with Jackson Brown on the school bus heading to the game. And he told us how he grew up there. And and, you know that line about, uh, oh, my Lord, it's a girl in a flatbed for He goes, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. That he actually had. Been I've always
0: to wanted to get a flatbed Ford and just spend an afternoon slowly, like cruising <laughs> that intersection. Because I've yeah. been there in Winslow. Um, well, just, I'm sure, they still it's still like that there. In oh Winslow. yeah, well, and there's like a like a bronze sign and like a thing you know that yeah. talks about yeah. the song. But like just to give the tourists a little little fun thing to chew on, you know, just mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know pass by and then wait. 10, 15 minutes and drive slowly back by again. Yeah. That um, would feel, be I don't know if anyone would find that as entertaining as I do, but I'd like to do that at least once while I'm still you know attractive that, enough, you know.
1: You know that Zeppelin song Going to California? Yeah. Good song. That hits the mark.
0: That's what it felt like?
1: Yeah. Because we were, were here. California we were, we were, were here. here. We
0: knew what they were <laughs> talking about. <Yeah. laughs> There's a reason Wonderful. people come here. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. And I think on that note. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Do you have anything you wanted to add?
1: No, uh, just um, take good care of the desert. Don't don't leave your trash, don't leave a mark. Enjoy it and leave it as you find it. And
0: if you find it dirty, clean it up. Yeah, amen to that. Help
1: Help the situation, don't hurt it.
0: (laughs) Yes, leave things better than you find them. That's what my mother always said and she's saying it to me now. because she's here live on my podcast. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, mother. Uh, It was a pleasure, as always. And Mm -hmm. next episode in two weeks, tune in. I'm going to be talking to uh, music aficionado, Rob Yannis, who lives down in Costa Mesa. We're going to be talking about Orange County, my first Orange County episode. First of many, I'm sure, because there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) We're going to be talking about Costa Mesa and he's gonna be giving us some stories uh, about some Orange County musicians that you definitely have not heard. So tune in then. And uh, I, I don't remember, do I, have a, do I have a catch line? Do I have a like a, I don't what? think I have a slogan. Oh, you need one. All right, we'll work on that. Um, Take insert. it easy. Take it easy. From California. You're going to California, there we go. all right, all right, thank you for that, everyone. All right, love. Wait, you don't have to actually hang up. we just I just end it there,
1: okay, okay, Mike, you can make noise. <laughs>